everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. I'm your host, Dave Bookbinder. I'm a senior director of valuation services at CFGI. In my world, business value and business performance is measured by the numbers. Uh, savvy readers, however, understand that they usually ignore the story. So welcome to the program where we dig a little bit deeper to understand what really matters most in business. Today we're talking about a topic that kind of transcends uh, the business owner and goes into basically a topic that can touch everyone's life. And we're talking about the concept of integrated financial management with my guest, Mike Sharp, who is the executive chairman and founder of the Sharp Financial Group. Mike, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. It's great being here. Uh, looking forward to our conversation, but before we jump in, I always ask my guests just to tell the audience a little bit about who they are. Uh, well, the Sharp Financial Group really was an accounting firm uh, that was founded uh, in 1993, and um, it was really just your kind of basic accounting and tax practice. And really, I always thought that even when I had worked for somebody, that um, there was a lot more to uh, the profession, a lot more that we could add uh, value to the clients in terms of advice. And that uh, kind of evolved over the years and now is evolved to the point of where we're at today, which is we have an accounting, traditional accounting and tax practice, but we have a business advisory division, we have a wealth management division, we have a venture capital division, and the idea is that we can be uh, part of uh, a client's entire life cycle from beginning all the way through potentially uh, a sale of a business to managing money and, and helping them uh, get their way, make their way through retirement. So it really is an integrated, I'll call it a holistic service model. Yes, it's what it is, exactly. Right. So you're serving business owners, you're serving individuals. I know you also work with professional athletes. Are they each coming in at different, we'll call it uh, entry points, if you will, into the business, be it wealth or accounting? Yes, that's kind of the beauty of the business model from our standpoint is that you don't have to be part of all of the services. Um, you can, if, if, if there's a, a, a wealth management need, uh, if there's a, an accounting need for a business, uh, a, a tax uh, a tax need, it could be any of those things. Um, we, we'd like to get the, uh, you know, as much as we can in terms of helping the client, whether it's an individual um, or a business, because there's so many different things that, that we are able to do and so many different areas we're able to help them with. But yes, they, a, lot of, a lot of clients will come in at, at all different entry points. Yeah, so um, one of the things that, that comes to my mind is that if you're a business owner, each of those different service lines that you're offering uh, has such a major impact. And talk a little bit about why it's so important to have all of those different things available, we'll call it under one umbrella, as opposed to looking outside in different places for it. So the, the thing that I have found over the years, and really this goes way back to when my dad um, had a, uh, uh, a retail shop and had his accountant and had different questions about different things, not just about uh, a trial balance or about year-end taxes. And a lot of times he would be advised to go to different places. And to go to different places, those different places generally will cost more because they're, they're one-offs and they also have to be coordinated or they should be coordinated. So they need to talk to each other. And a lot of times 
different professionals uh, are not in that mindset to talk to each other. Uh, so we felt like really from, from the beginning if that we had all of these different services uh, and the client had them at their disposal so that, that uh, you know, we were able to provide really solutions uh, kind of almost immediately uh, but we also had to talk to each other. Uh, you, you have firms out there that may kind of hold themselves out or talk about being integrated, but uh, you, a lot of times our clients that, that we end up getting, we find out they don't necessarily talk to each other. Uh, in our firm, we have a mindset and have developed a culture, and now we're up to about 35 people, uh, where the people in our firm cross divisions have to talk to each other so everybody's involved in that client and can help out with all the different uh, all the different things and all different issues that may come up yeah you're, you're absolutely right in my world I see that all the time I'm working with business owners when they're working with various service providers one of their biggest blind spots is the um, the lack of communication in, in the holistic process for them and you guys seem to solve that so that's one blind spot that business owners may run into. What are other blind spots that you're seeing that business owners ought to be aware of? Well, I, I think, again, I, the, to me, the biggest thing is that I, I think that uh, traditionally, uh, you know, a, a prospect or a client is looking for an accounting service. Uh, they're looking for, you know, some kind of tax need. Um, they're, they're looking to have their money managed, but it's not just those things. It, it's, it's, we can go and we do go an extra step with regard to creative tax strategy. So it's not just a tax return, it's tax planning and anticipation of the tax, ret tax return and, 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 and a, a real mindset of mitigating taxes. It's uh, wealth management, but it's financial planning, it's budgeting, it's teaching the client um, not just about you know what investment we're going to be in, but teaching them how they need to look at things and their responsibility as well as our responsibility to help achieve their financial goals. But it also may be something like sales and use tax, which is something that's becoming a bigger and bigger issue out there, especially with the internet. Um, and and we have we have people, really people, really big people that that are that are expert at dealing with those type of things. That even becomes a big deal, or has become a big deal, even in selling selling a business is you know the potential sales and use tax exposure. So there's all these different things uh, besides the traditional services that that uh, a traditional accounting firm would provide that are actually really needed uh, by most clients. Sometimes they don't even know right. until the things come up. Yeah, and it sounds like you're also able to help them kind of think in the long run, long term beyond just you know, the near term, next quarter, next year thing, you're giving them a roadmap for the future. So we, it's a great point. We, we talk about being forward looking. So, you know, accounting traditionally, again, is historical. Yeah, it's it rear looks view mirror back, stuff. it's rear view mirror. And now you need the historical results. You, you need that balance sheet, that income statement, that, that statement of cash flow. But it's not just, a, 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 it shouldn't just be a static report about this is what we're reporting on going back. It's what are you going to use those reports for in terms of moving forward? Yeah. And to me, that's the biggest thing. And we talk about that we're forward looking as opposed to you know playing back on our heels. We're playing up on our toes. We're looking forward. What are we going to do with the data we have 
to help the client move forward. That to us is the most important part of, of those reports. Yeah, and there's one other really important thing that I want to make sure we cover here in this first segment. Talk a little bit, we've talked a little bit about the what that you guys do. I want to talk a little bit about the why. You know, you're, you're a founder, you're a business owner, entrepreneur, like many of the folks watching here. Uh, and I, I think I know what inspired you, but I'd like you to share the story of your why. Why did you get into doing this, Mike? Well, I, you know, for me personally, uh, I, you know, I, I worked for an accounting firm. It was a, it was a traditional accounting firm. I, I always thought that we could do more. I thought the knowledge that we had and the, the experience that we gained, we should be doing more for our clients. And, um, you know, I, I had my ideas of when I went out uh, and, and started this business, I, I wanted it to be more. And as I've gotten older, for me personally, I've, I've accomplished a lot of things that, that I had set out to do. But the thing I really wanted to do, and I really wanted it to be about, was to help people. And, and we're in a position to do that, especially if we have this holistic approach and, and we have the knowledge base to advise clients on all these different areas that are really uh, relevant and pertinent to their you know, business lives and personal lives. And I, I really wanted to take that and, and actually do something with it. Um, and I, you know, it, it was much like when, when I coached, I coached AAU basketball, and it was the same type of thing. We used to talk to our kids and their parents about preparation, uh, that we were going to do things the right way, we were going to prepare the right way, and everything would take care of itself. And that's the way we conduct our business. If, if we do the right things for the right reasons, uh, we all be we will all be good. Our business will be good. Our our people will be good, and our clients will be good. And that's that's really uh, you know may sound hokey, but that's what it's supposed to be about. Yeah, doing well by doing good. Yes, Mike. For the viewers who would like to learn more about you or the firm, how can they contact you? Really, the best place would be is to contact us on our website uh, www.sharpllc.com. Okay. We only have a couple of minutes left in this first segment, so I want to bring up something that uh, I know you're a modest guy, but I want to give you a chance to do a little bit of bragging because in, in doing some preparation for our conversation today, uh, I know that you and the firm have been recognized by some awards. I want to just give you a chance to mention those. Thank you. I appreciate that. We, we have won um, uh, some awards, uh, as, as Smart CEO, uh, Best Accounting Award. Um, we've won... Um, um, in the wealth management division, uh, we were, we were uh, recognized by Smart CEO, and uh, maybe the most important thing was best culture, and that's something that um, we actually work very hard at, but not just in terms of um, what we say and do, but we actually put a lot of investment in that area. Yeah, and that resonates because you know that's important to me. And I was also, I think, on the same stage as you guys as a recipient as well that night. So Yes, you are. Very good stuff. <laughs> yes. Mike, we've got to take a quick break. Okay. Stick around for the second segment. You don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick break. There you go, Richard. Oh, is that too hard for you? No. Is it too hard for you? Ooh, we're playing catch now. Oh, shit. 
Why should you choose Rowan College at Gloucester County? Low cost. The number one nursing program in all of New Jersey. More than 70 programs of study, including selective admissions. With record enrollment. A premier partnership with Rowan University. Transfer options with numerous universities. Four-year degree options on our campus. Rowan College at Gloucester County. Now you're thinking. Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about holistic financial planning with my guest Mike Sharp, who's the chairman and founder of Sharp Financial Group. Uh, Mike, I want to kick off the second segment here by talking about something that I happened to see in the news very, very recently. It's a recurring theme around professional athletes who are ostensibly very successful financially, sign multi-million dollar contracts over long periods of time, and then you read about them being in financial trouble. And it's not just professional athletes, there's high net worth individuals, and then some lower net worth individuals that all struggle with the same problems, if you will. Talk a little bit about what happens in, in that instance with the athletes and how it impacts other individuals as well. Well, it, for us, um, we actually represent some, uh, some athletes. Um, so that, that does resonate. Uh, we also have a, a number of uh, ultra high net worth family offices. And we have you know, investors that you know, are everyday people, so to speak. And they all really, the, the one common theme really with them all is, uh, we talked about a little bit in the first segment about preparation. Um, that's really what it's about. It's not about the, the newest shiny object. What, what can I invest in? What sounds great that nobody else has? It's really a, a disciplined approach to financial planning and from there budgeting. And as part of that, uh, you know, how do you mitigate taxes? Uh, you know, do you have a will? Do you, do you have an estate tax plan? Um, it's really about being disciplined and focused on your financial plan, whether you're, you know, a, a typical investor, everyday investor, uh, or you're somebody with, you know, that that is wealthy in terms of having a family office or a professional athlete, which you know may have a contract of, uh, you know, a hundred million dollars or more. You know, referencing Adrian Peterson, right. uh, we also want our clients to be aware because it's their money; it's not our money. So while we provide the advice and on the investment side, we provide the platform, we want them to be aware of what, what it is that we're doing, uh, you know, with their money. And also we share the responsibility of the financial goals and meeting those financial goals, how we're going to meet those financial goals so that we're all on the same page and we're kind of working through this together. Yeah, you make a great point when you talk about the shiny object. It's so easy for people to get delusional about rates of return. I remember earlier in my career working for an organization that sold something that they called um, investment notes, and it was really subordinated debt. Right. Um, so very, very important that you know what you're doing and, and why. Yes. Yeah. 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 And again, I, I can't emphasize enough. To me, it's all about the preparation. If, if, if you prepare and, and you communicate, um, 
and it's a, a joint effort to, to help our clients achieve their financial goals, but it's also their responsibility to understand and to be disciplined in whatever that plan is, that, that we're all disciplined. It doesn't mean that things don't change, but that we're always ready. We're ready and the clients are ready to change with it because we're always aware of what the goals are and what our responsibilities to meeting those goals are. Yeah, is communication even that much more important when you're working with the higher net worth individuals or athletes who are probably tempted regularly by, by people? It, it is, I mean, you know, if you don't have as much resources, there's not as much you can do. The more resources you have, uh, the more challenging it could be, uh, whether it's an athlete, a, a high net worth individual. Um, so yeah, it, it, communication is important. Uh, we meet with our clients at a minimum of once a quarter, and some of, some of the clients, some of the higher net worth clients, it could be once a month. Some of the athletes uh, we might talk to once a week. Uh, or, or more, uh, given you know, given the time. So yeah, I think it's I think it's very important, and it's very important to keep everybody engaged in in what we're all trying to accomplish. Yeah, I want to expound on this concept of communication, collaboration, and teamwork a little bit, but take it inside the organization. Uh, put on your leader hat, your CEO hat, if you will. Uh, let's talk to the audience a little bit about what um, they may be able to benefit from in your experience. I know you've coached basketball. So in building teams, and sports analogies are great for business metaphors, right? So in building teams and communicating and, and, and leadership and things like that, how has your coaching translated into building your team and your communication style, both internally and then maybe externally, which you've alluded to already? Well, bas basketball, sports in general has contributed a lot to my growth and the, the kind of person that I am. Um, I have been very fortunate uh, that I have had surrounding me uh, through these years, my family, you know, my friends, uh, my employees, uh, my basketball players. Uh, I've really had a lot of great people in my life and, and that's kind of helped me get to where I'm at. And to me, the, the big thing with, you know, if you're going to lead is sometimes you have to be a good listener. And, you know, one example I could give you is, you know, our basketball team really got good when they were about 10 years old, but I was in charge. You know, I, I made all the decisions and it was my way. And by the time they got to be about 13 or 14, things kind of changed that they didn't like everything the way I did it. And my first initial reaction was, you know, well, I'm the boss here, this is my way. And then I realized my guys weren't gonna play if it was just my way. And, and there had to be some give and take and we kind of worked some things out as to, you know, who would be, you know, who we would take direction from in certain things, got a plan together, and once we did it and we were all on the same page, everybody bought into it, uh, we became even that much more successful, you know, on a national level, ultimately. Um, I, I've really tried to take that, those different learning experiences, but especially that one, into working now with, you know, with the people that we have, and especially as we're growing, and it is very challenging as, as you get more and more people, but it, it, is, it is really give and take that the, the, you, you need somebody to lead, but that leader also needs to be flexible. And, and, and everybody's different, and it's challenging. But if you, can, if, you can, if you can meet that challenge, ultimately it's the people what make you. It's players win game. And people are what make you uh, successful in, in the business, and whether it's our business or our client's business. So if we can't do a good job 
and 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 you know exemplify the the leadership that's necessary to to run that business successfully we're not going to be successful because we are as good as our people yep couldn't agree more mike how can our audience get in contact with you if they'd like to learn more about the sharp financial group again i, I would say the the best way would be is on our website uh to go to sharp uh, llc.com um uh, we have a pretty comprehensive website and all our contact information that's great so we've got five minutes to go in the program, Mike, and one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit about now is um, in this whole holistic lifestyle, if, if you will. So uh, life cycle. I work with business owners and entrepreneurs a lot as well, and I can tell you firsthand the value of having a good set of financial statements as you go to market for selling. selling can speak. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know the importance of having a good financial plan at the back end when they monetize the business. The thing that people seem to be stuck on, I hear a lot as a recurring theme on this program, is it, it's tough to uh, get business owners to understand that the exit really is a part of the business life cycle. What do you see in your day to day? Well, it's, it's a very interesting question because we were just talking about this yesterday. Uh, uh, the way we come in, even when we're looking for clients, is the first thing we talk to them about is if you want to have a successful business and a successful transition, whatever that may be, exit, uh, some other type of succession plan, um, you need to have first a good personal financial plan. Because how do you know what your goal is if you don't know what it is that you're trying to do personally? What are you trying to get out of this asset? And then number two, uh, in, in continuing to work backwards is in order to, to meet your financial goals, uh, whether that's retirement or something, you know, some event, whatever that might be, um, what is it going to take in terms of uh, a number? Generally, you know, we'll, we'll measure EBITDA as, as a measuring factor and what's that multiple. What kind of margins are you going to have, have to have to generate that? ultimately what kind of revenues are going to need to be generated to to get you that end result and by doing that we set the goal by working backwards first we set the goals for our clients in what it is they need to do step by step in order to meet their ultimate goal whatever whatever that may be and the other part of that uh, that we find also mentioning about uh, a challenge for for prospects or clients is what is their net? And that could be whether it's in wealth management, you know, my return is 8%. Well, is it 8% or is it 5% or 6%? There, there's tax effects, there's costs. Um, th that's something that, that a lot of times goes overlooked. Also in a deal, a lot of times the structure of the deal and the how much will be taxed at, at how many levels, federal, state, local, a lot of times we'll find that prospects may not understand. Uh, they almost think they might be getting the gross. There's cost in getting out of the deal, professional fees, uh, could be employee costs, uh, taxes, all of that's a big thing. We try to look at that up front with our clients, our prospects, and work our way back. So if they hang on to the business, great. You're still running a business to sell. You're gonna make it the best you could possibly be by doing that. But then if you are looking to sell or you want that option at some point, you won't be blindsided. You'll be getting yourself prepared as you're going through that cycle. Yeah, that, that's really good stuff because you're thinking about it as I'm parsing it. You're looking at day one after the sale, 
what does the future look like? Because you know, in my world, being in the valuation consulting space, everybody's focused on valuation. I think a lot of times when business owners are going to market, they just want to maximize the value, but they miss out on a lot of opportunity to capture value because as you alluded to, structuring is very important. But when you think about it, I guess holistically, and you can perhaps model what the after-tax, after-transaction cash flows look like from an investment portfolio perspective, does that give them a whole new outlook on valuation of the business in the sale process? In other words, they don't need to get every dollar up front at the sale because over the course of their lifetime through proper investment management, they can really achieve their goals anyway. Uh, absolutely, so that's a big part of it, You know, taking even a step further. Yeah, exactly, we'll talk about uh, rate of return, what the financial goals are, what the uh, expenses um, using you know, uh, inflation uh, rate, what is that gonna look like going out uh, at retirement on, not just right after the deal, but all the way through. So it's a full financial plan. And, and with that, very interesting, we just had a client uh, that we met with a couple weeks ago where we had planned on getting to a certain number when I, we first when we got him five years ago, and we actually knew what we needed from a, a revenue standpoint based on all the, the margins, the operating margins. And with doing that, uh, we ended up finding out that five years later, in looking up, the revenues that we need to generate the multiple, to get the multiple that we think we, we could get based on the margins, that we actually will have enough money at about two-thirds of what we thought the level of revenues they had to get to. Right now, they're 65. So now, they actually could do that sale instead of waiting till they get to another, another third uh, higher in revenues, we actually could sell the company for what we think we can net out and meet their personal financial goals through retirement right now. Great case in point. On that note, Mike, we've got to wrap up, unfortunately. Uh, time does fly very yes, quickly here Behind the yes. Numbers. So thanks so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. Thank and you. thank you for watching Behind the Numbers. We'll see you next time.